Hey devs, you're tuning into the debug log number 89. Unity 2018 beta is here. Get excited. Uh, well, actually, first off, today is actually Zach's birthday. So shout out to Zachary Snyder for turning eight years old. He's such a big kid. But anyway, yeah, for real. Congrats, Zach. Uh, but anyway, this episode is all about Unity 2018 beta, which was recently released. Uh, it comes with a lot of new features, a lot of great things to talk about. And that's what we're going to do in this episode. Ryan and I sit down and we talk about everything new and improved with 2018. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. So sit back, relax, grab a tea, an iced tea or a hot tea, whatever fits your fancy, and enjoy this episode. So without further ado, this is the Debug Log, episode 89. Oh man, you were saying, talking about the weather, um, it is, I think it's almost 80 here? Yeah, it's 79 what? right now. What, 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 that's crazy. It's fucking beautiful over uh, out here right it's now. It's freezing over here, it was like 49 this morning, I was like, what is this? Jeez. Since about like Tuesday or so, it's been like, Oh, it's gonna be in the 60s or 70s, and like, I've been trying to find patios and beer most of the week. You're listening to The Debug Log, a podcast about game development. My name's Obino Opara. And I'm Ryan Kilgore. And it is just the two of us because everyone else has more important things to do than spend time with their friends and TDLers. Uh, I'm just kidding, but I know I know Andrew's out of town. He's enjoying Savannah. I think it's yeah like Savannah trip. Yeah, he does. He, he, yeah, he does like uh, with the fam every year, and then yeah, it's it's mostly life stuff because Zach he's he's moving getting a first home so he's definitely got a lot on his mind right now and then Eduardo, everyone's doing th- he's sickly <laughs> yeah everyone's doing things in their life except for us so yeah. that's why well, yeah here. what does that say about us right now like, oh, exactly. we're the boring members of <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway uh i'm gonna start by um we have a couple of reviews in the itunes review or yeah some people have left new reviews so i'm gonna go ahead and read one uh this one is from ace four four ten Ace4410, and who says, awesome podcast, five stars. You guys keep me motivated to work on my games, my own games. Thanks for all the tips and tricks. Keep up the good work. So appreciate that, Ace4410. Yes, um, so for you, everyone sir, else, these, yeah, good. sir or madam. Uh, so yeah, for any, anyone else uh, who's out there who's listening to the podcast and feel like the podcast, you know, gives something to you does something you know helpful to your soul or to your games or just as a good inspiration for working on your games please leave a review we really really appreciate them and they definitely help uh and again it's just good to you know expand our reach as far as you know other developers and gamers go and it motivates us if we motivate you you motivate us you know exactly it's a great feedback loop right which we could have episode on Oh, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, so today's episode uh, is all about, you know, I don't know if you guys have been living under a rock or, or where you are with Unity, but Unity recently announced their 2018 beta. So this is, comes as, you know, they used to do, you know, Unity 5.6, Unity 6, Unity 4, all the way through, I think it was Unity or when did they start doing that method but anyway uh, they like changed that, the, re- the numbering system yeah the numbering system uh, as opposed to like the year like like two yeah up then to five and then i want to say last year 2017 was the first time they ditched the like 
X dot and went to like year dot or whatever. Exactly. So yeah, yeah now we're in 2018 and they are releasing pretty early in the year, which is kind of cool. So every year they're going to, you know, give a, a major release uh, pretty early in the in that year. And this year is the 2018 release uh, beta that's out now that you can go download from their website. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what new features we're, we're going to see in 2018, what we're excited about. Uh, not going to do a real deep dive in this episode about any of the particular features, and there are plenty, uh, but we're going to save that for another day where we actually deep dive into you know a particular feature in 2018 and let you guys know on the ins and outs of how that feature works. But this one is just a, a kind of a, a swath of overview of what's in 2018 and what we're excited about, what we've heard about, and what we've kind of looked into since its release or announcement. Uh, so let's get started. Um, so first thing that I noticed, and I think that kind of made me chuckle and laugh and, and, and giggle, was <laughs> the the out with the old, in with the new, which is, you know, we're... Unity's ditching Mono Develop, which is the IDE they they included in their installs every year. Oh, thankfully. So, thankfully. What, what are your thoughts on that, Ryan? Did you like well, Mono Develop, or were you like a anti? Well, I mean, um, I wasn't. I guess here's the thing: is when it's the only two tool you've got, it's fine. So you know, when for starting with Unity, it was you know it it worked fine. I mean, I had my gripes about it, like it was unstable sometimes, and it didn't. It just didn't have like basically. I was I would always compare it to Visual Studio was a problem because when I started getting into Unity, I was a C plus plus developer using Visual Studio, and that just had so many tools available and worked so well that you get handed Mono develop. You're like, this is a shittier hammer, you know? It's like right, where's my good right, hammer? Right. You know? And yeah, then, exactly. Yeah, but then like it, and then even Unity, you know, kind of noticed that, and Microsoft got on board with this too, and so now Visual Studio for Mac and PC is the de facto standard for Unity development now. Nice. And yes. yeah, I, so I don't miss Mono Develop at all. No offense to the developers of Mono <laughs> Develop, that you know, you did a great job. It's just there's something better out there now. So right, right. Nice, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think it was the main gripe again with me with Mono Developer was yeah, like you said, the debugging tools and and really digging into being able to dig into your code and step through things and get that all the you know all the like the locals or getting what you know watching certain uh, expressions right. in your you know we we lost that in in, in Mono Developer and we we kind of have that in Visual Visual Studio, but you know what's actually strange is you know I could I often saw myself even programming in or developing in like sublime text uh which oh, isn't as great as you know doesn't have the debugging capability of mono develop but i still kind of preferred it over mono develop it and, and i think maybe that was more of the speed i don't know there was just there's something about mono develop that... sublime text is a fantastic like text editor you know so right. if, if, you, if you don't need the i guess you know surrounding tools like looking up symbols or finding references or you know maybe right. you know some of the debugging capabilities yeah, use Sublime. It works fantastic, and you know, and that's the thing is, I don't think Mono. It kind of didn't do any one thing well. It did a lot, but you know, it's a jack right. of all trades, master of none. Whereas, like Visual Studio is a master at debugging. Sublime's a master at text editing, and so it was kind of, you know, you found yourself leaning on those more depending on what you needed to do. Right. Have you have you had much experience with the new with the Visual Studio Code, the one for Mac, and 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 its comparison yep. to how how do you how are you finding that? Um, I'm, I'm loving it so far. Uh, I, so it's, you know, the unity, uh, the unity development I do at work, um, I'm on a Mac and it, so I'm using the, uh, just the, the regular visual. Did you say visual studio code or visual studio? I don't know. Cause they got like two I different said, versions of the, I hmm? said code. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because there, there's a straight up just Visual Studio, Studio for Mac yeah, now. For Mac, yeah, yeah, and I've I've been using that, and that's pretty great because it, you know, it's still not as great as the you know Windows one, but it definitely keeps me there and makes me happy. Like it doesn't get in my way. It does all the stuff I want to do. You know, if I double click on a script file in Unity, it throws that open, loads the project file or a right. solution file, and it's you know it's right there ready to go. And it also has integration like you know we use GitHub, so you can you know you can actually within uh, Visual Studio on Mac there go and say like oh here's how this file differs from the GitHub repo. Like it actually integrates with GitHub well and you, so you can help manage your source control or version control. So, right. um, so yeah, I got two thumbs up for that one too. So anything Visual Studio, yeah, I'm on board. So Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, so another out with the old uh, thing that happened with this new upgrade is they finally deprecated or, or, you know, are no longer supporting Window. And for you young kids, you may not even know what this is, Window XP. Uh, so now <laughs> Vista is the new, um i guess the new minimum requirement mm-hmm. um for unity so so that, that's another out with the old thing which yeah, actually do you know what the usage is of windows xp i'm just doing a quick google search on. i'm uh, just kind of curious two percent two percent of developers use xp i don't know uh yeah i don't know i feel like if anything it's windows 7 that's the oldest you know yeah that's the, yeah that looks like that's definitely the majority of like of like the platforms used because i when, when was this made? Oh, that was 2015, though. So it was at like 16, 17 percent in 2015. So okay, yeah. Now with Windows 10 and Windows, you know, it's like it's yeah. I, I don't think they're losing much there. Right, right. And if they're, and they're trying to encourage you to at least get with the times, it's, it's, right. it's about that time, buddy. <laughs> Windows 10 cool. is fine. It's it's no Vista. It's no um, 95. So yeah. don't worry Ooh, about 95. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how bad I just dated myself. Because I remember fighting that in college and be like, "Oh, Windows ninety eight, thank you. You're slightly more stable for gaming." Oh, uh, it's too funny. Cool. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, I think those were kind of the two major things that kind of you know went away in in this twenty eighteen version. Uh, another thing that was included, and I think it's it's kind of the hype around general development in general or in programming in general which is .NET standard 2.0 um so you wanted to talk about the new .NET standard and what .NET standard is even compared uh, to actually .NET? i have i have that one i missed to be honest i'm gonna be honest i missed that one in like some of the stuff i was reading but yeah so right, right. so um <laughs> no so you can go ahead and talk about that one if you like so well just like .NET standard is like the standard library of you know it's it's like the shared not library between uh, it's like I don't know. It's like the base class library where you don't. It's not like not PC specific or not. Uh, right. So I guess it's like your your core functionality essentially is like you know say so what maybe sort of mechanisms mechanisms are available to develop with in.net. So it's like, hey, does this have like async, you know, capabilities or job right. capabilities or whatever? It's like you know you you get as they upgrade this .net standard, you get you know, the new things incorporated in the language and the compiler, right? So it's, you know, you know, that could be, you know, hey, now you can use the term var and it can actually like, you know, figure out the implicit typing of something, you know, and that may be in like, say, .NET version 2.0, but not 1.5 or something like that. So basically what you're doing is just upgrading your language standard. Exactly. Yeah. But so, and they've they've done that and that's good to see because before, I mean, you, you know, Bean and I uh, used to work at the same company and, you know, we'd run into that sometimes where we'd struggle. Well, not struggle, but it was just inconvenient because you're like, hey, 
I may need some sort of like synchron like synchronization options or like right. you know mutual the async excuse. calls or whatever you're saying. Yeah, or async calls or like you know I need to do some sort of mutex locking or a structure that has you know synchron like data synchronization capabilities with a semaphore or something, and it just wasn't there natively, and you'd have to create your right. own. You know, so right. but so but as they upgrade that, all of a sudden you get these new features rolled into it, and you know it's less work you have to do, hopefully. Right. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the next big thing, um, <laughs> that's like a shout out to our last episode. But anyway, the next the big thing, thing. <laughs> that that's talking or that, that kind of came out with 2018 that people are really excited, especially the graphics people that we know, is the scripting rendering pipeline. Um, so this is probably like the big thing that you'll probably talk about or hear about Unity 2018 uh, in most cases. Do you want to speak on what this SRP, quote unquote SRP is? Ryan? Yeah, well, it's basically what they've done is, so, you know, Unity, Unity's renderer has always been sort of like locked under the hood, right? You know, it, they had what they had and you had to use what they have, right? So it's like, whether it be like def like deferred rendering or whatever, you know, you had some basic settings for things like that. And you could, you know, of course, adjust um, some of the rendering with shaders, but you couldn't go and like fundamentally maybe alter the way culling was done or something like that. Or maybe, right. you know, uh, have an effect on like, hey, do I just, do I want to maybe do something for like low end uh, machines better, like mobile or something, or do I want to do something for like, you know, really high end PC rigs? It's like, you kind of were just stuck with the same um, renderer for both of those things. And what this allows you to do is this is uh, control of the rendering pipeline through the C sharp script. So no, not, so you don't have to get like as down and dirty with things or, well, I should even back up and say this allows you access to that what used to be sort of a closed system. So now you right. can insert um, code to say like, hey, when you're actually doing the culling step, here's how I want you to cull these objects instead of the way maybe the you know the renderer would have done it otherwise. Or hey, when you when you get to this rasterization step, I want you to do this processing on the pixel data or whatever before you display it. You know, so it, it's just a way to allow the developers to maybe customize uh, different. Uh, different aspects of their renderer, um, you know, and this, this, they have a few examples of this within 2018, I believe I was reading where, you know, uh, they, they've got some example projects where one was for like a lightweight mobile right. renderer, <clears throat> you know, versus again, like I said, a high end, like PC desktop type. Yeah, of renderer. So, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like in this new SRP, they, they provide a couple of templates and that's what they're calling them is like the, the lightweight template, the, was it high definition uh, template? Yes, and then, so, yeah. of course, they're, they're built in and then you can go fully customized, which is, hey, I want to control this full rendering pipeline. And, and those are like the four possible options you can build your game off of <clears throat> generally. So so who is this for, I guess, uh, is a good question is like who who's really going to take advantage of this? And I feel like everyone can take advantage of it just to different degrees. Uh, so yeah. people who like may not know much about, you know, the rendering pipeline or graphics in general may just want to continue using Unity's built-in, uh, you know, rendering pipeline, like how you've kind of been using Unity's, you know, up until now. Um, or if you want to focus, or, or if you know, like, your game design, you know what it's going to entail, if it's going to be something more lightweight, like a mobile, 2D mobile scroller uh, or something like that, you can just, you know, hey, choose this lightweight, uh, you know, template. Or, or if you're doing, like, a, a first-person shooter, you'd go with the high-definition pipeline. 
And if you have a graphics guy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hashtag Dan Moran, uh, if you want to use that guy, then you would, you know, maybe make use of the fully customized rendering pipeline and be, yeah. then be able to control, like like Ryan said, all the occlusion colon and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, on, you know, another thing, a uh, big thing I think this does for them is like it may open it up for more, you know, and this is just a guess, but, you know, to more AAA studios, depending on how much control this gives. Because, again, we're right. kind of high level here. We don't know exactly how much power you can ring out of this. I'm guessing right. it's a lot. But, you know, if, say, you know, a AAA studio is like, well, we would have used Unity, but we don't like the way it does X, Y, Z and it's rendering right. maybe or it's just, you know. Or it's got some overhead we don't like, or whatever. You know, allowing them to crack it open now, or at least have control over that part of the of the software. You know, maybe now, say a studio say like, oh, well, that's interesting. Well, before we couldn't really do that, but we've got this whole set of uh, this whole way we like to do rendering. Uh, but we also like the tools of Unity, so maybe they decide to merge that. I don't know. You know, it, it's it's purely hypothetical. But um, for sure. And I, I'm also wondering if this helps out with some things like um maybe even outside of gaming, like, you know, they, they've been working closely with Neil Bloomkamp and Oats Studios. And I don't know if you've seen any of the videos on how they do like real-time movie making using right. Unity, you know, where, you know, they'll mo-cap mo and act out things and do pre-renders out so they can, you know, get feedback almost immediately. Maybe, you know, that's there for them too, where now they, the way things are rendered, you know, they can take control of that, maybe either make it faster, more high definition, or just easier to use. I don't know. Exactly. So. And I think they actually, Unity actually references, uh, you know, the use of this new SRP in their, I think they did like a, it's like Unity's, what is it, their... I forgot what they're called. Like the team that does all these little preview teams or whatever, or sample team or whatever. It's like called. the field they, engineers or the. I don't well, know. I don't know. They they like did that. You know, same people that did the Adam demo. They did another demo called the Book of the Dead, which is oh, you know yeah. making use of this Why scripting render pipeline. It's it's yeah. really it's really cool. It's like it, and I think they're using the the default uh, high definition template for that one. But it's it's I don't know. They're people on that team are like really trippy. They have all these really trippy ass stories. Uh, so yeah. if if you haven't seen it yet, you should go to Unity's website and watch Book of the Dead. It's kind of kind of interesting. Uh, story. Yeah, yeah, and Adam's Adam's pretty cool too. And then you know, <laughs> just look at the Oat Studio stuff because it's it's kind of weird and trippy, but it's like it's pretty cool that they can do a lot of this, you know, with Unity and in real yes, time. In so. real time, yeah, which is kind of crazy. So yeah, the the power is there. It's just <laughs> if you're able or if you're capable or want to learn how to use that. Um, for me, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'd like to know how to do it. Like honestly, it, it, <laughs> I don't know what I'd do with a, it right now. But right, right. It's it's a very cool. I mean, graphics in general, graphics program in general is really cool to me. It's just it's sexy. Know, it is sexy. <laughs> All the graphics engineers are sexy. I'm just that's kind of weird. All right, yeah. uh, it's gonna be awkward else? when you go into work Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else on the SRP that we're uh, no? I think really that pretty much covers it for now. I mean, like you, uh, like Abina said, we'll get we'll get into you know hopefully have some guests and get into like maybe more in depth with it later. But I mean, that's just a high level of it. So for sure, cool. So uh, another high level view of the new and improved, not in new and improved, but just completely new, completely reworked. Uh, C-sharp job system uh, and entity component model, which they've been touting this for, I think, two nights now. I think the first time oh, they wow. mentioned it was in Unity LA in Los Angeles when they kind of touched on this new job system of parallel, parallel, paralyzing, parallelizing. Parallel parallelization, yeah. The parallelization of uh, you know jobs and threads uh, in C-sharp. 
mm-hmm. and being able to fully utilize, you know, multi-core hardware. Because um, up until now, they were faking this multi-threaded um, system or in Unity. So now they, they've kind of rewrote the whole uh, engine to utilize this job system. So everything's parallelized or parallelized or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and we're going at the same time is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, and the entity component model piece of this is is kind of how you're interfacing with this job system. It, it's I think in, in their keynote in the keynote they did at Austin Unity Austin and also uh, he had like a Yakum um, Ante uh, who's the CTO of Unity. Mm-hmm. He had another talk on this entity component model and how to actually leverage this system. Uh, and and it, it, they introduced like a new, a completely new API for it, uh, which kind of like by default and, and out of the box kind of handles, you know, you know, locking of threads or, or I'm sorry, but making writing thread safe code essentially. So that new model is kind of safeguards you f- to utilize the job system without, you know, breaking your game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And there's still a couple caveats. Like I, th- I still don't, don't, I still think they don't support like, you know, cross thread a- API, like unity API calls and things like that. But uh, like Obina said, this is, this is something that was from what I was reading core to their system, like their C plus plus side of the, of the fence. Right. You know, they had this job system in there where, you know, to basically try to, you know, process things in parallel. And then you decided, Hey, this is kind of neat. And we use this a lot within the C plus plus realm of unity. So why not expose that to the scripting? And that way you can, you know, like perform a lot of like actions in parallel on these data sets. And, um, you know, like for example, you see if, you know, you have, a lot of AI in your system, maybe, you know, their decision-making or navigation is processed by this job system. So that way, if you have a multi-core system and say a bunch of AI, um, a bunch of AI units or entities, you know, you could say like, Hey, you know, I've got this big, I think the example they even used was like an RTS army and all these little guys need to make decisions. You know, I've got eight cores. Let's just say, okay, unit, you know, zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, each, I'll send you all each off to your own core. You'll process your decisions, come back. And then once all, like, and say maybe I have an, you know, an 80-man army, it's like once those 80 are done, pro- like, processing, then it'll, like, maybe go to the next frame and make the decisions. Like, oh, this guy moved here, and this guy shot at this guy, and this guy, you know, whatever. Right. It's like, it's, it's, you know, like we were saying, it's just a way to help try to unlock, you know, the power that's sitting there on your CPU that may not be used, you know, in the most optimal way. And this is kind of helps that along. So, right. And I think in that talk, you, you mentioned, what was it called? Uh, Spell, Spell Souls or something, the game that they kind of reference or kind of utilize this system first uh, as a Mm. proof of concept. Um, But, you know, he was mentioning, uh, I think they achieved like over, it was like 96%, you know, CPU utilization or, you know, core utilization. Oh, nice. It's kind of crazy. So they were like constantly running almost at 60 frames plus a second. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know, you hate to see those lazy cores or unused cores, just right. like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like cores. You two cores that are bur- yeah, burning up. And the other ones are over there like, yeah, I'm checking to see what time it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have a notification. Yeah. Uh, oh, thanks. thanks. Buddy. <laughs> I back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, so I think I think we're going to hear more about this job system and get more, you know, documentation on it uh, coming in, you know, coming soon. And people are really going to start using using this. And this is probably going to be a, a huge boon to just Unity in general and how developers interface with it. Um, 
So next up, next really big thing that came out of 2018 was uh, Shader Graphs. And I was actually talking to uh, Dan Moran, who's a, you know, graphics engineer at, um, you know, quote unquote, Sprockets with me. And he was just, he was also talking about Shader Graphs and, and their importance. And ha- like, it was just the conversation that we had. It was like, you know, we should probably pause this conversation and have this on the podcast because it will be a really good conversation. So hopefully in the f- near future, we can actually get Dan Moran to talk about Shader Graphs. But uh, for yes. now, we'll just do like a high level overview of what Shader Graphs are. Um, Ryan, did you want to talk on that at all? Yeah, I mean, this is a really quick thing. I mean, I think a lot of people have maybe seen systems like this before, but um, it's essentially a tool to author shaders or materials or whatever for your game um, in a in a visual method and with real time feedback. So, uh, if you've ever used a, a Shader Forge, a, a Unity plugin, and was that is that the one we were using at Sprockets Shader Forge? No, we were using Flows. Well, we yeah, we did use we did use Shader, shader Forge. We also used something called FlowScript. With well, it was not for shaders, but it was. Uh, it was like for ah. behavior trees or stuff. You could use it for behavior trees, but yeah, it's another like oh, graphics right, right. or graph graph uh, tool to yeah, node based tool to sort of like tool, you yeah, know exactly. yeah, link link everything together and kind of see what the output is. So I mean, what this really does is. You know, it's it's a way to say take some of the programmer away from things. Like you'll still need your obviously your programmers to create maybe these little nodes and units of calculation, but right. you know, it frees up the artist who knows like you know at a higher level. Hey, you know, I want these two things to blend this way, or I want this to punch out that. You know, basically it allows them to sort of like you know visually put things together and immediately see what it looks like. You know, saving them time on you know trying to create a specific look and feel for like an environment, a character, an effect. You know, whatever. And this um. And another, I guess, another good thing too. Well, you know, okay. Uh, caveat: I, you know, I don't know. Hold on, let me just say it, and then I'll caveat. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, my brain's like kind of looping back on itself right now. But uh, I think this might help with this being built into Unity instead of being something like a plugin like Shader Forge. I'm hoping right. it helps out with maybe some of the bloat. Now, right, the again, optimizations on it. You're saying, yeah, the optimizations should hopefully be a little better because you know, right. talking to some of the um, artists and uh, graphics programmers, you know, they said like, yeah, it's you know, Shader Forge is great. You know, it allows them to author this way. And it saves them a ton of time, but you start getting in there and looking at some of the code it generates, and it's not always the most optimal thing. So hopefully, right. you know, it it takes away maybe that one downside of maybe using some of these other programs. Is that you know it, it can generate more optimal uh, code as well as just being built into your current tool set. You don't have to import it and worry right. about it being you know. And there's always it like, will the author you know do a version three of it, a version four of it, or will they just be like, eh, I've got life to do. I'm done <laughs> right, with exactly. this. You know so. That's funny. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, like, because I remember, I think, did we have someone on the show that talked about, like, how extra, maybe it was Dan, and we just talked about the bloatedness of having these things like Shader I think Forge. it was, yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't want to speak for him or anything like that, but I, I, now that you mentioned, I think he was on the on the show talking about that. But yeah, that, that's who I was talking to it was right. about some of this as well as uh, maybe one other person that it's just, it's cool, but, you know, Shader Forge is cool, but it can generate some bloat and hopefully Unities will maybe alleviate some of that, so... Yeah, hopefully when we, we get an opportunity to do like a deep dive on that uh, or just graph systems in general from like blueprints yeah. in, in, in Unreal to to Shader Forge to FlowScript to, to you know what uh, have you. Okay. So that'll be a good Medium. conversation to have about what you know advantages and disadvantages of using graph systems. Um, so anyway, yeah. so, well, so that no, was that's go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, well, that's good. If we start doing stuff on blueprints, maybe I'll get me off my lazy butt and learn more on Unreal Engine. I've been meaning to do that. So. Right. Um, yeah. 
Cool. So were, were there any other big beta, you know, 2018 beta highlights that you wanted to bring up? No, I mean, that I, I think those are the big guns right there for the 2018 release. I mean, we've got some um, like some beta highlights just in the latest release, some things I thought were maybe a little interesting or useful to know. But um, okay. no, as far as, the big, like I said, the big things, those are it. So what, what were some of the highlights that you noticed in the, in the latest release? Um, well, one that's really been on my radar at work is that they have some experimental support for Android ARM 64, um, which... If you don't know, Google in the next year or so has put out a mandate that they sort of like Apple did that, you know, if you want to put an app on our store, it has to be 64 bit compatible. Um, And so that means that, well, that just means it has to be that way. (laughs) That just um, means it has to be 64 bit. Yeah. So, (laughs) and yeah, Unity right now, like, so at work, I use a lot of 5.6 and some 2017. Um, you know, it neither of those have support for 64-bit Android. And so, you know, as a Unity developer, you're like, well, what do I do? Because this isn't like, you know, this is something fundamental to my, my environment, you know, and it's something you don't have control over, which is, you know, just kind of a small downside to using tools like this, you know, compared to the many, many, many upsides. But, you know, it's like you have to wait on them to do it. So it's good to see that, like, you know, they're getting this in early in 2018 and starting to mess with it because, you know, it'll it'll make me feel better. It'll make the producers I work with feel better to know that, hey, this is on the radar and we can maybe start experimenting and building out these games and making sure they're going to be compatible and we can update them in the store in the future and things like that. So, right. so, so that's on the radar. Um, another one. This is just something I remember dealing with lightly in the past. It's like they added a command line uh, for the IP of your cache server. So if you just need to run something maybe headless, you can say, hey, the cache server's over there, buddy. So you can pull in the assets and update them as need be. Um, small thing, but, you know, hey, it's it's helpful. And it just kind of was buried in the notes. I'm like, somebody might want to know that. So right. I would have wanted to know that <laughs> at one true. point. Um, <clears> That's <throat> true. See graphics. Just noticed they were getting some more DirectX 11 support via the Metal uh, on Apple, and so like some DirectX 11 tessellation capabilities via some HUD and domain shaders. Um, so you can maybe like you know on the fly tessellate or make objects more complex or break them apart or something like that. Um, and then there were just tons of updates to the particle system as far as like you know the type of particle systems you could generate oh, right, right. And, and some. Um, you know, some optimization. So they got a lot of stuff where it's like a lot of like cool, like radial stuff and, you know, procedural and object stuff you can do. Yeah, like um, offsets of uh, particles. Yeah, I remember reading something about that. And I think, I know Andrew's probably going to go crazy over this when he gets in and, and can <laughs> really play with 2018. So hopefully we can bring him back so he can come back from Savannah and talk more about this uh, particle system that he's probably excited about. Yeah, because the particle systems for some reason are those really fun things just to monkey with or toy with because you could just like, I don't know, it's such a great little visual feedback. It's like, oh, right. look, explosions and stars and magic and crap. You know, That's true. <laughs> so, it's, like, in, it's like instant gratification too. You yeah. don't have to like run the game or anything. You just play with it in the editor and just Yeah, like works. what if I had more? Less. <laughs> Let Make it spin. More. You know, it's... It's like when you're a kid just hitting those toys that make noise and light up. Your parents are like, shut the hell up. You know, right. you're not doing anything. It's like, yeah, I am. I'm having fun. So anyway. Cool. Uh, so, yeah. Um, um, did you have any more? Sorry. Oh, just one more quick thing. Um, you know, of course, they got the general improvements, API changes, fixes. Um, but just a couple of backwards compatibility breaking changes. They're saying they removed legacy particle system uh, script bindings. So again, for me at my job, we've got stuff that goes back to Unity like 5.6. So I'm a little worried now that to get the Android support mm-hmm. I was mentioning earlier, we're going to have to upgrade all these apps to 2018, right? So 
you know, how much was the third party developer like leaning on? So maybe the part particle system script bindings right. that now will just go away, you know, and it's like, it, and it's fine, you know, progress marches forward, but you know, it's sometimes at companies, they like to hold on to things as long as they can. And, you know, so there'll be a discussion on, is it worth, you know, one of the mobile engineers actually updating this and making it work again? Or do we say, oh my God, this it's time for this game to die because it's three years old and right. it's just too much hassle to update. So, um, and then the only other thing was they're moving Tizen support. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it because I've never used it. Exactly. But that, that's that why they target is gone. <laughs> they're I like, no like one's using Asian, this. <laughs> yeah, like an Asian market. Some of their phones use that OS. But right. yeah, I, 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 I don't, I'm not even sure about that because it's like, I thought it's like, well, I thought it was just Apple or Android. Is Tizen some other flavor I didn't know about? Whatever. It's gone. It's so. gone. So <laughs> if you use it, you. if you're the three people that, per three people that used it, uh, it's gone. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, so th- those are like our, our big, uh, big hitters and big pieces of note in the new release of 2018 beta uh, from Unity. Uh, but one thing I, I noticed when I was actually scouring, you know, their, their release notes and, and scouring the website is just that, that little known, I think if people know about it, it's just they don't really actively go there uh, to check to check it out and check things out, is their feedback and then experimental projects that they're working on at Unity. And some of them that I've, I've had much experience with, it, with was like the Linux editor, uh, which I tried to use... Back when I was doing, you know, my game on for Unity, is just utilizing the editor on my Jenkins box. But they're just still constantly making improvements to the Linux editor. So if you want to, you know, try out Linux on Ubuntu or or CentOS or whatever it may be, uh, you should check that out. They have a lot of good projects going on on this feedback and experimental pages. Uh, also, there's the editor in VR, which is really cool. They've actually showcased that at multiple uh, Unity Unites as well. And then recently, I noticed there's this Unity Hub that they're working on, which is built in, what's it called, Electron, um, which is the same thing I think uh, Slack uses and... Um, Visual Studio oh, Code cool. uses that as well, Electron, which is kind of, it's like, it's really cool. That's another story. But this, this Unity Hub is basically, I think it's almost like a, it's like a launcher for, you know, if you've, anyone's ever used Unreal, it's like the Epic's game launcher, which kind of maps projects to, you know, versions of Unity or versions of Unreal. Uh, so you can, in this case, with Unity Hub, you can match, you know, say I have a project, a 3D project that I want to use, you know, Unity 2017 with or Unity 2017 patch 2. And then you can have another project that uses 2018 beta uh, and then just have all that in that hub. So it keeps track of all your mappings from project to uh, instance of Unity and also I think there's also tutorials on there. So it's like it's kind of everything on the Unity website and your project related to your project within a single app, desktop app. So that's kind of cool. It's 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 a, a nice, neat launcher. You can download the Unity from there. You can download the versions of Unity from there without having to go to their website. You could also add components. So, you know, like if you ever downloaded Unity and you missed out on, you know, checking that Android support or, you know, iOS support button <laughs> or Linux support Never button. Never done that. Exactly. <laughs> In this case, you can just add components directly <laughs> through the hub. So without having to re-download the, you know, DMG or, you know, dot uh, .exe file for the setup. Yeah. So. And this is, this is, yeah, I, I'm going to, I see this as being super convenient. I need to get this on my computer at work because again, if you're, if you're, if you're, 
working someplace or you have like he said multiple projects that span versions and things like that um like hey the game we made three years ago in five six versus the game in 2017 it's like you know i literally have probably 10 versions of unity installed right. on my laptop at work so now i mean one we need to clean that up and that's on our roadmap <laughs> one, but, uh, one we just need to handle this I inherited, <laughs> I inherited a lot of that and we gotta do something it's, about it when we have time but um right. Yeah, but I mean, but, you know, having something like this on there is great for me because now I can be like, oh, okay, this one's in this flavor. I, I can go get that and then upgrade it and, you know, do whatever. So, yeah, this is a pretty right. cool little piece of tech. Cool. And I need to, exactly, because so up until now, we've kind of had to manually manage all that stuff by ourselves. So we like create new folders for yep. Unity. So it's just been a headache. So Hub handles that for you. It's really cool. Uh, of, of course, it's still in its experimental slash feedback phase. So it's not going to be perfect uh, by any sense. But it, it's working and it works well. It worked well for me. So definitely check it out. Yep. Uh, cool. So that, my friends, was 2018 beta in, yeah. in a nutshell. A lot of stuff. A lot of good stuff. A lot of great stuff coming out yeah. from the Unity camp. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. So I'm excited to see what's going to be happening at this year's Unity Unite. Uh, but that remains to be seen. Uh, so what let's is this year's? Say again? <laughs> when is this? Sorry, yeah, I just totally stepped on you. Uh, when is this year's Unite? Uh, or like, probably when and like, where? I think it's like, I don't know where it is actually this year. It's probably around Let's like see. September, October though. Usually when they have August, yeah. September, October. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's right. It was late in the year. Uh, Unite Seoul, Unite Tokyo, Unite Beijing. Oh, let's go to Tokyo. <laughs> you just listing out destinations. Let's just no, that, that's actually no, that's actually places are going to oh, be. Okay, but okay, um, okay. And the one in the U.S. is October twenty third to the twenty fifth in L.A. So, oh, again, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So anyway, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with game of the week. Game of the week. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> And we're back. So like we said before the break, we got a game of the week for you. And this week, it's a mobile game I was playing on a recent trip that uh, I really thought was like sort of a cute, fun little adventure. Was on, And it's called Bring You Home uh, by Alike Studios. Um, and again, this is just like a really cute mobile game. It took me maybe like just a few hours to play. But it's uh, it was just really neat in the way it sort of fostered sort of experimentation and just had some like fun visuals and feedback so but just uh to jump into it uh it starts out with yeah you're this little guy or girl i'm not sure it's just some weird looking alien thing or <laughs> i don't know it's, it's green so i don't even know if it has a sex but anyway so and uh your your dog gets stolen or your little animal whatever it is and um you're basically on a quest to go get it back. And it takes you through a lot of these just weird and unusual environments where you have you have to navigate through that screen uh, to get to the next area to get closer to getting your, uh, your pet back. Uh, and so the mechanics are, say when you get to a screen, it'll present you with maybe uh, like one or more panels. And now these panels, you can either say shift what's on them. So say, you know, I walk into uh, an armory and it's like, do, there's a sword on the first one. Then I can hit a button, it'll switch to a broom. And then I can hit another one, it'll switch to, you know, a shovel. And then there'll be some little monster over there. And based off of what you select, your character will go and say, pick up the sword, shovel, or broom, and then go do something, interact with the monster. And then it'll it'll play this cool sort of feedback where maybe you use the sword and it slays the monster and you get by and you move to the next screen. 
Or maybe that doesn't work. Maybe the monster's made of steel and you didn't know that at first. It just makes this funny little tink and the sword rattles out of your hand. All of a sudden, you're running away and the monster eats you. So there's just a lot of, yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot of these real quick sort of like puzzles, but they, it couples it with these really cute characters and animations. And, you know, the fun is actually in the failing of this because... You know, you may make the wrong selection initially a lot of the time, but they provide you with this sort of fun feedback where, you know, you're interested in maybe how I can fail. Like there were sometimes I found myself saying, okay, uh, let's let's rearrange the panels and select all the items. So like my character does these actions during this screen. So it's like fail- and it, and it, fail- failure is kind of like part of the story now. Is what you're saying? Right, yeah. exactly. It's it's part of it's part of the fun. It's part of the story. You're not trying to like optimize and think through all the solutions because right. you know it gets more complicated as it goes. So, like I said, you could maybe scroll through a different you know thing sitting on the ground there, but then maybe in later levels you have three panels and you can switch between all the objects there. But then you can also switch the order of the panels. So now it's like you know it may go. You know, you have the whole sword, broom, shovel thing. And then the next thing over is like, I don't know, water pail, fire, whatever. And you can change the order of those panels. So we encounter the water pail or fire first and then the sword or, you know, the original sword, then water pail or whatever. So there's a lot of different ways and permutations you can do things. And I just thought it was really neat because I found myself, you know, redoing or staying on levels just to screw up, just to see the funny little animations and cute things it did. And, um... You know, there's actually a little bit of branching of the storyline at the end, depending on how you choose to solve this one thing. I mean, it's nothing deep or anything like that. So don't, you know, don't worry about your decision because you can go back and do it the other way pretty much immediately. But um, I definitely recommend it. It was like, uh, how much was that? I was like, it was no more than $5. I think it may have been like three. Um, But yeah, it's called uh, Bring You Home by a like studio, uh, indie game studio. And I just, I, I thought it was a fun little game to, you know, I was on a plane and just having fun, taking my mind off being on a plane just having this little character die in like funny ways or like succeed in funny ways you know yes i'm your god right that's <laughs> too funny it, it, and it is um, super cute as far as you know visually or how visually i guess it's really cute yeah it's like very it's, it's, not expected from you ryan i was like ah from coming from the quake doom guy Wolfenstein guy, this. Well, see, yeah, that's, that's the duality of my personality. If you can make something really gory and violent, I'll play that. If you can make it really cute and silly, I'll play that too. So, Sweet. It's got to be at one end of the spectrum. Right. Cool. So, again, that was Bring You, Bring you Home by Alike Studio. And that was our game of the week. Uh, just to wrap things up, let me talk about our awesome Facebook group, which is constantly active, and it is called the Debug Lounge. If you want to join that, just go to Facebook.com and search for the Debug Lounge and we and request an invite, and we will probably accept you within the first couple minutes, because I have nothing else to do, so I get notifications and I hit accept. <laughs> um, outside of that, if you like what we're doing on the show, uh, do you want to talk about our Patreon, actually, uh, Ryan? Yeah, it's patreon.com uh, forward slash the debug log. We have a lot of different um, packages on there to, you know, just, you know, donation levels to, you know, give us a few bucks to help pay for like, you know, keeping a legal LLC going a little while. But, um, you know, also just, just another way to interact with us because we've got, um, you know, some packages where, you know, you can maybe do a hangout with us at some point. And, uh, oh, is that, oh, did we, oh, we were removing that, right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we're, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I man, that, just but kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Psych. Just kidding. But, um, you got us on yeah, here. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> 
unfortunately, it just like the, the time and it was more the logistics of things because we very much enjoyed talking to everyone we talked to doing that. But, right. you know, the logistics of getting, you know, five people from all over the nation or world or whenever to, you know, agree on a time like, hey, let's do this Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, well, I can't. You know, and we just don't have the time to break it up into like you know, four separate sessions and things like that. Right. So cool. we'll be coming up with another way to interact with you. Uh, we we really enjoyed doing it. We honestly did. It was fun, but um, it just got to be a logistic headache. So for sure. Um, but anyway, we do have we do have other packages on Patreon, and we really appreciate any donations because, like I said, we don't we don't really make a ton of money doing this, and it just it, so it helps us out a little bit with things. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely appreciate cool. it. Cool. Speaking of money, actually, I know. <laughs> I know Andrew was can thinking of <laughs> potentially opening up some kind of storefront so we can actually sell some cool TDL t-shirts or sweatshirts. So oh, right. if you guys yeah, are interested yeah. in that, let us know on our Facebook group. That's the Debug Lounge. And just say, hey, Obina, uh, Zach, Ryan, we want some shirts and t-shirts. So we'll hopefully get something like that started. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, I must say the... Uh that debug log hoodie, I think you got one too. Zach was pissed because he get missed out, but that is one of my favorite hoodies. Just on, I mean, it's our stuff. I know I'm not like just self gratification here. Right. It's just a nice hoodie. I, I really, wear it all the time. It really is. I'm wearing it right now, actually. So it's kind of funny. Oh, right on. It's kind of cold in California. But anyway, uh, anyway, if you want to reach out and contact me, you can find me on Twitter at obeans. That's O with an H, beans with a Z. And I'm at R E Kilgore, and that's K I L L G O R E. Sweet dogs. All right. Oops. That wraps it up, folks. We'll talk to you later.